Warning, the following episode contains adult language and screaming goats. Listener discretion is advised. The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. This week on The Pinball Show, Dennis and I talk Monopoly strats. Stern Pinball giving a last call to numerous games which possibly opened a portal into the future. We talk spooky pinball editions, the pitch for an Eminem pinball machine. We play this or that pinball coder edition, and of course, pinball market trends. For everything pinball, it all starts here. Pinball is a game of skill. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. It's time for the Pinball Show. It's pinball with personality. Look, if you had one shot, one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted, one moment, would you capture it? Hey everybody, it's us, Dennis and Zach with the Pinball Show at episode 109. Dennis, in this episode, I hope that we don't lose ourselves. I'm not afraid. No, no, that one's so predictable. I'm not afraid. (laughs) And sometimes when you talk, I love the way you lie. A little foreshadowing there. Dennis, how are you today? I'm fine. How have you been? I've been, actually I've been in a lot of pain. But for showbiz (gasps) purposes, I've been great. Emotional, but no, not emotional, physical pain. Oh. My back, man. My, my freaking back. <laughs> I gotta get surgery. <laughs> Sucks. Oh, yes, you did have surgery. No, I didn't have surgery. No, I just had a, you should have had surgery, I but should've. you chose the non invasive option like everyone does, thinking they're gonna get out of surgery. I, what a great choice. My wife says I was delusional because she was like, Zach, you're not, like, you need back surgery, you cannot walk. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but if I quit all my bad habits and I build my core and I start running and I eat healthy and she's like, it doesn't like, number one, you're not going to do that. Number two, that's not going to fix a broken back. And I'm like, but maybe I can regenerate like stem cells and like, I just, I, I am delusional. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know. It's, it's, it's too, it's probably too early for it. I just had this uh, funny, I don't know if you ever saw the movie, The Core. No. All right. Sci- it's a science fiction movie. From the, you'd love it because it's from the 90s or Ooh, 90s-ish like era or early 2000s. So it's back when we were having a lot of those disaster movies, you know, Independence Day, Volcano, Volcano. Dante's Peak, all that yeah. stuff. Dante's so, Peak. Right, right. Uh-huh. That was, this is part of that chain of them. I don't, I don't remember exactly when Man, it came I've out. I've not heard of this one. Okay. Well, the, oh, you, it has Stanley Tucci in it. You got to oh, see Oh, Stanley Tucci. Yeah. You got to you got to see the core. I'm trying to okay. I have to All right, 2003. That's when it came out. I had right. to look it up. 2003. It's got Aaron Eckhart, Hillary Swank, okay. Delroy Lindo, mm. Stanley Tucci. Okay. Those are probably the biggest names All that right. you would know. So anyway, I'm uh, DJ Qualls has got DJ Qualls as the hacker. DJ Qualls is in there. Yes, right, as the hacker. Very and, nice. All right. So the plot of it is that trust me folks, this all makes sense. So the plot of it is the <laughs> Earth's core stops spinning. Oh. And so this team of scientists have to drill to the center of the Earth to set off a bunch of nuclear explosions to try and restart the rotation of the Earth's core. Because the Earth's core is not rotating, we don't have the magnetic field to protect ourselves. Yeah. So I just, when you mentioned your core, I just started imagining you doing a hula hoop. (laughs) 
Trying to get back in sync. Yeah, trying to. My core has got to spin. I got to. I'll be okay. I'll restore my magnetic field. And I imagined you wearing those stupid little magnet bracelets and stuff. Oh, yeah. The little beads. Where are my magnets? Copper. Light some incense and and hula hoop hoop my way to a new back. For any of you out there that have had successful back surgery, if you guys have any any good surgeons, I just don't trust somebody digging into my spinal cord. It just sucks, man. Well, if you can't trust an expert, who can you trust? Myself. I'm going in. <laughs> yeah, how hard could it be? Right. You just yeah. I just want them to clean it out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, get out of the Dyson. Yeah, just clean it. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. It's all it's fine. My disc so, that's exploded. You just, had, just you clean that some out. dust bunnies around, you know, T5, T6. Yeah, that's right. That's we exactly got right. those sucked out. Oh, man. They do a uh, a disc replacement I'm looking into right now. An artificial disc replacement. disc replacement. Yeah. Oh, do they do that now? Yeah. Typically, they will fuse uh, the right. vertebrae, which weakens mm-hmm. the upper and lower below that fusion. It, hence, more surgeries. I don't want to do that. Uh, and then you can do things like they just cl- kind of clean it out and stuff. That's what I'm looking at because it's it's pushing. Not that anybody cares, but uh, I have a ruptured disc that has just blown out, and it's it's pushing on my sciatic nerve, and mm. I'm just always in pain. Um, nothing helps it. And I have probably degenerative disc disease. So, um, lower vertebrae are narrowing and, and stuff. So yeah, they, and they usually fuse two vertebrae together, but it fucks everything up. But now there are disc replacements that they do. Ah, but, I had not heard of that. Yeah, with some good yeah. success. Well, but, discs go bad. And as long as they don't hit the nerves, a lot of people do all right. Yeah, with exactly. Their, with the, when the discs fail, but obviously if it's, if it's hitting against a nerve, yeah, it's just That's my whole right side of my leg is always and numb and pinball. Pain. So moving those around has got to be great for <sighs> all that. Yeah, so I got to have surgery, Dennis. I wish you luck. Will you pray for me? <laughs> just like I don't pray. No, I don't. So <laughs> I won't. Good uh, luck, though. Will you send good thoughts into the cosmos for me? <laughs> good thoughts. <laughs> it's such magical thinking. I know. Uh, I still think it's a good challenge for me to be able to not get surgery. I don't know why I'm so delusional and like find I, a way uh, hydrate you, and you know, no, the discs, they don't heal. Discs Zach. don't lie. The discs, it's like they're the market trends of your spine. <laughs> they can't repair themselves. They can't heal. They can't rebuild. And then I'm like, what if I just, but we have the technology. We can make you stronger, yeah. faster, more shilly. If you would Ooh. only accept it. Bionic back. <laughs> you come out of surgery, you, you say hi to Nicole, but your voice is Johnny Five. <laughs> what what do you got going on this week? My back's great. No, yeah, I don't know what you're, you're talking about. I take care of my discs. Oh. <laughs> I did the hula hoop and all that. Oh man. Oh, not not a whole lot. I uh, I've been I'm been working on Sinbad, so I finally got all of my drop targets fixed up now. Ooh. I still need to do the flippers. But and uh, still need to uh, fuse that little the those old uh, system ones have a secondary transformer and the first the first few models weren't were not fused mm-hmm. so it needs a fuse box so I've I've got that ordered and I need to get that in and then I think that'll be ready to possibly go into the main room but I I'll have oh. to sell something off oh so that's going I thought you were going to buy a monopoly 
to put in your Monopoly. Lineup. Oh, speaking of Monopoly, mm-hmm. I heard you got a message from the co- main co-host, yeah. arguably main co-host of the Slam Tail podcast, Mr. Bruce Nightingale. The Nightingale himself. <laughs> it's always well, about birds. And I always use the same bird sound, no matter what bird we talk about. You What's do. a robin sound like? <laughs> what does a nightingale sound like? I don't know. I think it sounds like, it was Ventnor Avenue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's my Bruce it impression. sounds like, new games suck. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Come play Monopoly over on West Commercial Street, New East Rochester, Rochester New York. <laughs> West Commercial Street? Rochester, Which New one? York. I don't know. I think I still want to say the old Silver Balls Balloon one, because I want to say Balloon. 135. <laughs> but. The Rochester Pinball Collective. Oh, hey, Bruce. Yeah, Bruce emailed and said, assholes, uh, I do have Ventnor Avenue. <laughs> so, Oh, my God, he does? I was just oh, throwing I it out there. I feel extra like, bad, because I, I was like, honestly, I thought Ventnor was made up. I didn't remember it was <laughs> one of the yellow properties. I thought it was, I, I was just guessing for a good joke to throw Ventnor in there. It was the mm. correct one, so nice job, old brain there, subconsciously. got the, Kept that yeah, neuron very there. Very good job. Uh, but I didn't, th- I thought it was like a light blue one. Or like a purple. oh oh like like where Oriental and Vermont are yeah yeah on that's the, what on I the first on the first the th- one of the three of State that first Avenue bin, the right by the right by the jail yep yep so he did get a yellow property so that's pretty good oh yeah mm-hmm. it is do you uh, are you a big Monopoly fan not the pinball machine but the board game no no I mean we did play it a lot uh, growing up but Monopoly is not a very well balanced game so oh it's, god here we go with yep, code as as far as board game design goes it's actually not very good but when you consider how old it is we sh- we shouldn't be too surprised that game Novel theory concept, wasn't fully Spooky yeah one. I mean it's a uh, it can be fun uh, or for, uh, I had one of those my I had one of those uh, family members might say my sibling who uh, would would wipe the board clear in rage. Oh, the board flippers. Yeah. Damn it. I don't know. My mom would always bring that one up and it wasn't me. I was always the, I was always the good loser. Yeah. Because you were probably son of a bitch that just would never trade your properties or sell them. I would. You just hold out. No, I, I would do a trade. Uh, Actually, no, it was, I was not like that, Uh, but you had to have something I needed. I Mm. mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sell to give you a chance, but if I was getting something out of it. Yeah, and my I remember when we would play, my sister, she cuz she kind of picked by colors. So she liked those sort of uh mid-shade purples on the other side of the jail, so that second track, the whole St. Charles and Virginia and, okay. and States Avenue mm-hmm. sort of branch. Those were quote-unquote her properties. So she oh. would pretty much trade you anything to get those. If she could have the full monopoly, so I would trade her to let her because that is one of the weaker monopoly. I mean, what it was is your a th- it is a well, my strategy very much depended on what pieces I got, uh, what properties I was able to buy in the, in the opening rounds. Sure. Okay. So I, I would be very flexible. My generalized goal was I wanted two monopolies. Mm, okay. At least one with three as well. So. Sure. So I'd be willing, like, to give up Baltic a boardwalk or right. Well, I mean. I, those are like throwaway ones. Yeah, I, those are. would be like a like a loot. Like I'd let someone have that uh, to maybe finish out the railroads or something. Um, but but the yellow ones, I, I really like those. I'd say my my favorite properties to get were. I mean, in a perfect world, I'd control the entire last bend. So I'd get the greens. Oh, you know, Pacific and North Carolina and Pennsylvania. I wanted those because because three properties better odds. And I'd and if I could, I'd get Boardwalk and Park Place as well. Oh. Usually, I could not 
Overrated. secure both Boardwalk and Park Place unless I gave up an, another Monopoly. Mm. So I usually didn't have that whole row, but that would be my goal. Or um, I'd like to get, say, Boardwalk Park Place or those green ones and then maybe get those orange ones just before free parking. Mm-hmm. So St. James and Tennessee or yeah. the or the red ones on the other Saint side. St. Charles. Yeah, yeah. The uh well Saint Saint Charles would was uh, Charles. I think that was one of the That was the states one of the earlier ones. That's one of the ones I had, my sister had to have. Oh the yellow purple ones. Right. I didn't usually try and get the utilities. For me, those were trade fodder. I would use yep. those to try and secure yep. something else. But see, for me, I my strategy was a one eighty from yours. I was more like your sister. I I wanted the uh the light blue, the Oriental Vermont, Connecticut. I wanted that corner there. Uh, with the mm. fuchsias, the Virginia states, and St. Charles. Then, if I could, I'd like those light orange ones with the New York right before the free parking. I wanted that whole corner, and I would use trade fodder. I always thought the railroads are great because everybody thinks they're awesome, but they're only awesome really early on in the game. So I always tried to be like, yeah, I'll, you know, like an idiot. Ooh, I'll trade a reading railroad for Vermont if you want. And they're like, hell yeah. And then I, oh, I kill people in them light blues. That was, uh, that is mine, so right? Because you can build them hotels quick. That, and that, that is the advantage of the cheaper properties. Oh, I, I hated the greens, hated the yellows. The reds were just too much for what you were getting. Now, park place, boardwalk, you want them, uh, pennies on the dollar. You can have them. Did you uh, play with special house rules for free parking? We did. Yeah. Yes, we basically, did as well. Basically, I was curious what yours were. Yeah, anytime that you get a... A community chest or if you get a, a a chance or any of the utilities you pay instead of paying the bank you pay into the middle okay that's how we, we did that it. as well mm-hmm. we also had a modifier as well though that anytime free parking was emptied a 500 dollars bill always went back yep. in we did the same thing okay yeah i read that was a pretty common one for folks but. yeah but and, and i think the the original rules is there's not much in there typically i don't know if there's anything in there yeah. i think it was just a safe space Technically, mm. but a lot of people play with a house rule where free parking gets you something. Mm, man, it's more like I own the parking. Lot. I can just see you just holding out. I need one more freaking blue, and you're like, no, uh, I don't care. I, There's not a. Dollar I wanted monopolies as quick as possible, so because I need something to generate the income to build the houses. Mm-hmm. So I would do trades as as soon as I could. Well, some of those people are just very unreasonable. They won't trade. They hold. They they won't do anything, and you're like, what? How are you no, not? No. There's like there's a there's a dollar sign for everything. Like everything's for sale. Come on, Dennis. It reminds me of when I tried to buy the Twippies a couple of years ago from Jeff Patterson. <gasps> not not that it's an entity that wasn't. Uh, you should already. have bought the other two uh, award ceremonies, and then you could have I know. argued to complete the set. That's <laughs> monopoly set. Yeah, I tried to buy that from him, and uh, not that you know fifty percent probably shouldn't already be mine anyway. But I was gracious and he said there was no dollar amount that w- he would he would uh sell the entity uh does not worth any of the twippies not a dollar amount not a hundred thousand dollars would buy the twippies what <sighs> well unreasonable you know, the hell? Zach, the, i think the important thing is that you have let this all go i think that's the important thing have i <laughs> the answer is no you haven't because you brought it up again I'll nobody s- cares Stern pinballs in the news. They're always in the news. Why? We always hit them up first off on our show here at the pinball They couldn't show. even reveal Venom at Comic-Con. They're basically dead to us. No, not yet. They're on fire. So much so that they're hoisting to the rafters yet another game title to retire. Mm. Last call for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, a John Borg 
Dwight Sullivan collaboration. A game that lures you in with the fondness and memories of the Turtles, and for the youth of today, the new versions of the Turtles that they know and love, in which they insert their dollar into the machine and immediately die because it's the hardest game ever made. (laughs) (laughs) It's not quite like that, but oh my God, Turtles is so hard. We had it uh, at the Pizza West, and people were so happy when it finally left because everyone was like, it's just kicking our butts in tournament. I mean, the nice thing was those games didn't drag on. So no. I kind of liked having it there, but oh, some people were just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like I played five minutes and I have 200,000 <laughs> points. What's going on here? That is a game that will not leave my collection just because it gives me, it's just mean. It's low scoring. It's pretty mean. It's mean. It's mean. The rules are novel. I, I really like that. Uh, but this last week, Stern Pinball announced to dealers that, TMNT was supposed to be run in December, as you guys have heard us talk about. Mm-hmm. That was since bumped up to mid-September following Guardians uh, of the Galaxy Pro, which is also on its last call. And this will be the last call for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So we do have, in August, September, we have Star Wars Pro right now. Some have said that they're discontinuing or, or ending the license to that one, to Star Wars Pro and Premium. I have not heard that yet. So that's just... Some dealers are saying that. I, I've, I've not been given that information. That's news to me. But this week, they're making Star Wars Pros. Next week, or into August, we'll get the Star Wars Premium. Then September, we're going to kick off with Led Zeppelin Pro and Premium for their last call, last run there. Followed by Guardians Pro, last call, last run. Then Turtles Pro and Premium, uh, probably mid mid uh, month end of the month there in September, which again, last call. So September is where games go to die. It sounds like. Yeah, they're finally clearing out all that. They're reducing their skews. That's a lot of titles to be going all at once. It's almost like they're prepping up for something. Well, it could be prepping for now that there's that hole in December. Oh. Maybe there's something there. Of course, we're expecting sometime relatively soon for the next reveal. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know what that does to all this. All this movement, because I said on the last show, August 30th was my guess for reveal of game. Mm -hmm. Um, It makes me feel better about my guess of the 30th, but now I wonder, does it get bumped into September? I don't know. I don't know. I think they still might reveal in August because I don't know how big those runs are. Yeah, that's the thing. These are the number of these order. I mean, we know Led Zeppelin orders are going to be small, so let's Mm -hmm. not let's and guardians has been out forever, ever in a day. I don't think they're going to have a ton of those. Uh, Turtles was the only one. I was a little surprised to hear about this, uh, about turtles being the last run, but okay. Assuming then that also is just not that substantive of a, of a run. It would be completely conceivable that they could build those on one of the sub lines, essentially. Yeah. While, whilst doing a, a, a reveal. Because whenever they do announce and reveal and start producing fairly quickly, it is a lot of pros in a recent Gary Stern interview, about 800 to a thousand pros. Then the LEs, thousand LEs. Then you get into the premium and pro run. That's when it starts getting heavy. So I think conceivably we could see end of August reveal, uh, September making your prosies and starting your LEs, October. Yes, the prosies, precious. Yeah, end those LEs and start cranking the hell out of some pros and premiums in October. That's what I think you'll see. And then you're Hmm. right. It does leave a big old open window for December where they love launching games. Or catching up on more Godzilla builds. I'd be okay with that too. (laughs) (laughs) Premiums, premiums, premiums. Oh, yes. Wow. A lot of moving pieces here like on Monopoly. Mm. 
That's right. Hmm. If only there was a flipper that would just occasionally randomly fling us into a kickout saucer. Just that motor continually running over Grinding. and over and over and over. Because you got to do the grind. Who would have ever thought that was a good idea? Pat. Pat, yeah. <laughs> I guess Pat. I just don't it's understand. <laughs> I don't I don't get it. But, eh. There's a lot of things I don't understand. Pinball. Market trends. But this one, this next story is not one of them. It totally makes sense to me that this last week, Spooky Pinball announces that Ben Heckendorn, Ben Heck, and Eric Pripke have rejoined the team over at Spooky, and they're going to be assisting very much so with coding and programming on the next games. Does that make sense to you? It's not illogical. I don't know why this... I mean, we knew there's been talk with that Ben's going to be more involved uh, in upcoming titles, sure. so that part totally understood. Didn't they sell out all the Halloweens and Ultramans? So people don't really care about rules. Well, but then why do they continue to work on Halloween and Ultraman code if they've already sold? I assume that they think that they have to. Mm. Like, it would look bad. It would look bad as a company if they didn't continue, especially since the code wasn't done. Mm, I see. You know, they want to have a finished product. You want to be able to point back and say, oh, yeah, no, we finished that. Well, I've already... We don't want to be waiting for the final. I'm sorry to think. Is there some game? Does JP have some game where they didn't put in the final wizard mode or something? <sighs> Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, that side tells me all of the games. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. And that's like, you know, I don't. I think that's, you know, they don't want to be, they don't want to pirate this. And if I'm going to be honest, the GNR wizard modes. <laughs> I thought, see, I was going to say GNR, but then I thought, I don't know that's true. I couldn't remember. The only game with a wizard mode that I cancel out. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> come on Keith. Uh, so you know here's the thing i'm 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 very curious about spooky with their next game mm. i, I want to see whether or not it day one on on sale sells out it will that's what i want to because i think they're taking steps like they're worried that they damaged themselves on the halloween game sure but i'm not sure that they actually did my take is this is more of a market trends but don't sleep on spooky pinball don't don't count them out yet. When I see this company, I always go back to the default that they are super passionate about making pinball machines. They love pinball. And just seeing their commitment to continuing code and you know, where they get feedback and they, they can overhaul code because of feedback. I know that's not ideal, but it's still for me is a great sign. I think there's a lot more to come in Halloween and Ultraman code, honestly. And as much as everybody wants to shit on that game, I'm, I'm telling you, there's, there's going to be, there's going to be stuff there. That's going to make that trend back up. There will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you. Chicken code little over here. Chicken little. I'm sorry. Oh, you can always save layouts. No, that's not true. Yeah. I'm trying to think right now of a game that's like, doesn't matter. You could probably reprogram El Toro and you can't make it. You can't make that a gem. Here's a bold take from me, Dennis. I think I told Stern Pinball this in a private meeting we had last month. Yes, tell us all of their secrets. Become the coffee table that Craig Bobby once was. I was on a I was on a Zoom call so I could see their faces of the executives and their eyes got big. I can tell that some of them agreed with me. I think that the pinball coder is more important and impactful in 2022 than the designer. Say what? That might be true. It's... That's bold. Well, 
It's kind of bold. We still Zach. have the designers as the household names. We lose Lyman sheets, right? I still, I think from here on out, the code is where it's at on these games because of complexity and because of all the technology they're bringing in that coders are responsible to make function and to, to showcase. Mm-hmm. The reason why I don't know if that's as bold as you're trying to claim that it is, though, and but I don't disagree with you about the importance of, of the rules generation is poor rules can essentially sabotage any game to make it unfun. Yes. So you do that have that going for you. Because if you have rules that don't, like we don't shoot the left side of the play field, it's like, okay, well, then why does it exist? Like there's mm-hmm. nothing to do over there. So it kind of speaks for itself. But that said- you can't have something that's clunky and slow and just falling apart everywhere. And rules somehow makes all of that great. It, it, I don't think it works <laughs> Hobbit. like that. Sorry about that. I, I don't think that's it works like that. Hobbit's not clunky. No, I'm not, I didn't say clunky, but you, you were talking about things to shoot and slow. and. Well, Hobbit's not a fun game. But Hobbit code is five times better than the layout. The li- that's a great I, code. That's a great I, code. I, you know, I don't, I kind of equate them basically the same. But Oh my God. But the, Wrong. But, but the issue is, to me, to, to bear in mind, that makes it a little unfair, is we have so many successful layouts that... People can design crib from each other ad nauseum at oh, this sure. point and have layouts that we know will work because there's only so many physical things you can do with the play field. That's quite honestly what makes Halloween being such a poor shooter so shocking mm. because it's incredibly slow because of all these decisions they made to have these slow, you know, mystery, like let's have the ball appear, but it's not fast. And once you've seen it once, you know exactly where the ball is going to appear from. And you're just sitting there waiting. Oh, I shot the hedge. I Let me sit the most, there and wait. I, think, I learned that at a show. I saw how bad that was. I think people in general uh, that shit on that layout generalize the layout to the left side three scoops. Because I, I don't see any issue with the rest of the design of that game. I really don't. Just those three scoops. Yes, I agree. There are a lot of complaints about the the you know making the center shot up the middle and then it rejects even though you've clearly given it what force it should have allowed. Layout but, wise, mm-hmm. I don't think that's an issue. Design wise, yes, that that one eighty is an issue. Yep, absolutely. But if okay. if it would work like a normal freaking ramp would, that well, get you up we to that we all have our own taste. People are free that's to true. love that's Halloween. True. I'm not trying to convince them I'm to change their opinion. I'm just being honest about what mine is and where I think the flaws are, and I'm not alone in it. Like mm-hmm. I'm not like some weird outlier on this. What I'm so. saying is, I think we've seen. I think we we're right at the bottom of where Halloween price wise will be. I think. I mean, once hit, they stop making floor. them, in theory, it's going to rot. I don't. <sighs> You know, yeah, they'll stop making them. My, my, my stance is if, if you think maybe you want a Halloween, don't stress out about buying it now. You know, don't fall yeah, I for think the it's hype. Fair. That's fair. You can buy it whenever. This game is never going to be valuable. That is, eh, what about Rick and Morty? No, nope. Rick and Morty. I don't believe it. It's just not. What well, Rick and Morty was liked when it came out. Was it? Yes, people were acknowledging that it was indeed clunkier, and it remains clunkier than TNA, but the strength with Rick and Morty, as you know, was how heavily they were able to lean successfully into the theme with yeah, the call-outs. Yeah. Like, people just have a lot of, like, they don't feel like they're just watching a PowerPoint animation of a of a skirt blowing <laughs> in the closet for 20 minutes. I saw someone showing their... This was not long ago. This was like less than a month ago. Had a clip of them doing something amazing on it. And I just went through it and it was like that same power. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to call it PowerPoint animation. Just kept 
plane, I was like, oh my gosh, this is this does not look good. Yeah. It's not look professional. I can't argue with that. I mean, it makes a phone game look good. Yeah, now we're stretching. A cheap free phone game. The one thing we did like about Rick and Morty uh, is is a populace. Here's everybody was the code. And we know that Eric Pripke helped a lot on that code. So he's he's back. And we know mm-hmm. also, based on Nap Arcade uh, article they wrote, Ben Heck has already kind of been putting some quality time in on Spooky's next release. So I, do, I like this move. I, I think that Ben Heck is quirky as shit. And he can be controversial. Um, he can be very controversial. But I think he has a brilliant mechanical and coding mind. So... I think it's a good move. And Eric Pripke, for some reason, I don't think he likes me. I don't know why. He's made comments before. I'm like, damn, that guy don't like me. But I like his code, regardless if he likes me or not. So I I think this is a good good. I thing. don't know Ben's code much. Um, I'm not, I can't say I'm a fan of his code. Eric Pripke's code, yes. Regardless, it's a smart move for both to bring in mm-hmm. both. Got it. Uh, I mean, I, it's not a bad move. It's a good move. It's just setting aside, you know, anyone's particular thoughts about Halloween layout or the rules as they exist or the animations or anything else. There was a lot of, I think, confusion is a fair word. I think you'd agree it's a fair word, Zach, where people looked and are like, why is Bowen not involved? Why is there not an yes, announced yeah. named designer on the layout? What's this like? Everything about it seemed like, let's get rid of all the experts and let's design everything by committee. Mm -hmm. And I think it just perplexed people. Like they had a good thing. Like I think coming out of Rick and Morty, people were like, you have a good thing going here. Rick and Morty was fun. People liked Alice Cooper and Nightmare's Castle a Mm -hmm. lot. And then it's all of a sudden it's like this, where it's like, oh, well, you're going to buy it because of the theme. And they were right. But since then, there's been that steady erosion of and we've we've known people you know you and i have known people who have acquired these games really excited because of what they had seen in the past from spooky and they have sold them at very significant losses yes and i think you know spooky may be concerned that that might mean this is where i don't i don't think this is the case yet even though pinball sales have slowed from where they were at the pandemic but I think they're a little worried that maybe they bit the hand that fed a little too much. The reason why I'm, I, I, I don't see that. I don't think necessarily that, well, I think this is a good move that they have to make this move is to me, they did the same thing with Rob Zombie, a terrible game. And people still bought the next game, Gangbusters, you know. They did. So I, I don't, until people prove they won't buy it day one, I don't know why. Yeah, you, but that was, you that feel was, you have to do this. Zeitgeist but, was different. I mean, that was a different era where people were still on the, I want to support the underdog. I don't think we're there anymore. That that ship has sailed. Uh, people see Spooky as a legitimate manufacturing business. Say what you want, but I think they've lost a lot of that rooting for the underdog thing. I do agree with you that that's that's true. Uh, but I didn't my my vibe on. I, I'm sure there were some people who bought Rob Zombie for that reason. My guess at the time though was people were buying Rob Zombie because they saw how much after. The 150 count was announced and sold of America's Most Haunted. I think that they were they were trying they're speculating. Yeah. And because Spooky does limited runs on everything, there's always this. Oh, we got to get that. They're all LEs, right? They're all LEs. So we got to buy them because we know there's a fixed count. Yeah, so that we can flip them. I mean, remember, I was able to buy TNA direct from Spooky, no pre-order, no wait, because they had not committed to a hard count on that game. So they could always make more. So people didn't have a speculative reason to want them. The only reason the price of TNA is so high now is because they have gone so, for so many years without making more of them. Yeah, I do. I do agree. I think that 
next game comes out, people are going to be a little gun shy on purchasing, thinking if they're going to be flipping them. We've seen that with Toy Story as well. But you see, if I were if I were the spooky pinball, the way I would leverage that is the Halloween Ultraman count. I would make less of my next game mm. to help try and make up for that. I was like, eh, we're getting a little, we're making a little too many of these things. Let's let's mm. scale it back and say we're going to do one thousand units of Scooby Doo, and then so you I think, think Scooby Doo. Uh, yes, and I think you can. I think you can milk the hype out of these cows once more. How great of a license would that be? <laughs> if it's Scooby Doo, they're gonna sell out day one. They just will. See, and that's my point. You don't need an Eric and a Ben. I can code the rules for you. It doesn't yeah, but matter. You need something. <laughs> you no. might not need Eric and Ben, but you need something of substance. Uh, no, you just need. You put a big smile on my face saying Scooby Doo because. Damn, what a great license that would be. All I'm saying is don't sleep on spooky pinball quite yet, people. I don't think anyone is, though. I don't think anyone's anyone's sleeping on... No, don't you? You can all you want. It doesn't matter. Spooky has released a number of games that have been seen seen quite quite bluntly as turds. This is not new for them, and they continue to be a darling. So I don't see the issue. I don't know. I think they're fine. I think they're fine. I think in the next three years, we will see two existing manufacturers go out of business, and they are not one of them. Ooh, that's a take. That's right. You want a real hard take. There you go. That's a, yeah, I like that one. So stock up on your parts, folks. Troubles are brewing. (laughs) <laughs> Storms are brewing. Where do America Pinballs? They teased, I think, their next game is being Space Sanks. revealed at a dealer's tailgate party. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I thought the Queen Pinball was going to the tailgate. I think that is too. Freaking Melissa, what the hell? You're playing Monopoly yourself. You're cornering the market on reveals now. You ever think Coin Taker would go into the manufacturing business? Uh, no, I don't. I don't see why they would. Don't take the Jack Ranieri approach, no? I, I think the window to have done that would have been maybe during the pandemic at the height of the mm. desire for pinball. You know, because there have been rumors of a couple more companies possibly coming out soon. And I think the reason that we have not, if those rumors were indeed true, I haven't seen anyone do it, is the market has softened significantly since May of this year or so. Mm. Well, we know that, like, speaking of spooky and uh, manufacturing, we know that, what was it, Nick Parks over at the pinball company, Made Jetsons. I wonder. Uh, yeah. How did that they, sell? Well, and then they hired Travis Murray. Eh, I wonder, you know, maybe they're building up for something big. Travis, spill the beans. He'll tell you nothing. I don't want him to spill the beans everywhere, though, because there's vomit on my sweater already from Mom's Spaghetti. <laughs> <sighs> I like how you, you only can reference one song. One song. <laughs> uh, we got to talk about this. Everybody's been talking about it, but I've been, I've been. No, waiting. they have not. This is the first no, I've seen I've anything been waiting. about this. I've been. This I don't want to talk show. about this. We're I don't care. The, this is so. We're the fake leader hype. in pinball podcasting. This is, is so the news fake comes hype. From, this is not fake hype. This is this is relevancy and Eminem. <laughs> it's the, not the like, <laughs> hip hop rap artist Eminem in his most recent uh, greatest hits album, Curtain Call Two. A lot of his marketing. And advertisement, promotional material, and artwork on his album uses references of pinball. For example, his album cover is the back glass of a pinball machine. And then most recently, I saw on Nap Arcade, link, I gave you a link, Dennis, maybe I'll put a link in the notes. But the promo video for this release is of, like, it's within a pinball machine. And it's beautiful, by the way. Just stunning promotional video. Did you 
did you happen to see the video at all? No. Okay, you'll have to go back and watch that. A lot of people are like, oh, they, there's the game Fire and Police Force is in this promo video, uh, but it's overlaid with some of the subject matter of his prior albums. And I will add, nobody said this, but I noticed that the promo video also showcases the Corvette pinball machine. How about that? Much wow, better game. Wow, you were just, you got an eagle eye there. Well, I know my wonderful Bally Williams and my homie Gomi's first designed game. So got to go watch that. But it brought up a, a, a good point. I, I didn't I didn't bite whenever I saw the back glass of Eminem on his new album art. I didn't bite. But now I'm biting. And news is a little short this week. So Jeez. Eminem, is there enough relevancy of the artist Eminem for their own pinball machine? Guess who? Guess who? Did you miss me? Jessica Simpson, sing the chorus. Sure. Sure? Yeah. Okay. Do you think it would be a good seller? Are we ready for Eminem yet? I see pros and cons to each side. I think it would sell well, yeah. Just a little bit of data here for the listener about the relevance of the artist Eminem. Over 220 million records sold worldwide. Holy shit. This makes him one of the best-selling musical artists of all time. And if you're counting on your fingers and toes, that is more record sales than Guns N' Roses, Metallica, Aerosmith, Iron Maiden, possibly Led Zeppelin and ACDC, depending on the source that you're using. All of those have been purposed for a pinball machine. 220 million records. So... What's higher than that? There's not many higher than that. That's like top 10-inch right there for a rap hip-hop artist. So the numbers are there, and numbers don't lie, but it's the right timing. We know that it would be a younger demographic, I think it's fair to say, right, Dennis? Uh, I mean, younger than the dad rock targeting, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. obviously. So I don't know uh, if that's... I mean, Eminem's been around a long time, too, so... Yeah, we... we reduce the number we reduce the age of a demographic and sometimes you know i'd worry maybe they don't sell as well as those boomers with money boomers with bucks so that that might be a downside but you hear very much companies like stern pinball wanting to get the youth into into the hobby so maybe you got there but we 90s us 90s people have some money so maybe you're on the cusp of that this would also be a new music genre for pinball and while some people may argue that Weird Al is a hip-hop, he's not hip-hop or rap, right? So this would be a new genre for pinball, in my opinion. Guinness World Records. Eminem's in the Guinness World Records. Real quick, Dennis. Did you know that in 2000, he was given a Guinness World Record for being the fastest-selling rap artist? No, that's, I did not know that's that. big. He's big in the UK as well. He's the most successful rap artist in the UK. Well, I think he's the most successful rap artist of all time in terms of sales. In terms of sales, yeah. I think so. I think that 227 million uh, or 220 or whatever it's at. I mean, in my research, the next closest one I'm aware of in in rap and hip hop is Drake. Okay. And that's only like a little over 150 million. Mm. Number one albums in the UK for a rapper. Most successive U.S. number one albums by a solo artist. He's got 21st Century's top-selling album act in the USA. He has the largest vocabulary for a recording artist. This is this is Guinness World Records. Most consecutive number one debuts on the U.S. albums chart. Most likes for a musician on Facebook as a male. 
Other lists include, you know, Rolling Stone. Their 100 greatest artists of all time. Fucking number three. Rolling Stone. We, we don't think of rap and hip-hop when we think of Rolling Stone. At least I don't. Rolling Stone's, their list for 100 greatest songwriters of all time. Number one. Hmm. The accolades go on and on and on. He's had 22 top 10 hits on the Billboard Hot 100. 22, with five of them reaching number one on the Billboard Hot 100. In total, 90 songs charted on the Billboard Hot 100, many of which have been certified diamond or higher by the RIAA. That's a, that's a lot. So, yes. The last thing I want to pitch here as I'm pitching this IP for pinball is the Billboard Top 100s, all of those songs that have been charted. Because sometimes we're like, oh... That band is huge, but they might have like five great songs. And we've heard of Tom Sawyer, but we've not heard of other things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, in 2002, we've got Lose Yourself, which is, you know, the, the biggest Eminem song of all time. Lose Yourself right. from the soundtrack 8 Mile. We've got Crack a Bottle in 2009. That's a number one. Not Afraid. You can try and read my lyrics off of this paper before I lay them. But you won't take the sting out these words before I say them. Cause ain't no way I'm gonna let you stop me from causing man. When I say I'm gonna do something, I do it. I don't give a damn what you think. I'm doing this for me. So the world feed it beans. It's gassed up if it thinks it's stopping me. 2010. Also in the same year, we have Love the Way You Lie with Rihanna. Just gonna stay. I can't tell you what it really is. I can only tell you what it feels like. And right now it's a steel knife in my windpipe. We got the monster in 2013. Without me, smack that, berserk, kill shot, Godzilla. Not a good song. The real Slim Shady. I'm like a head trip to listen to. Cause I'm only giving you things you joke about with your friends inside your living room. The only difference is I got the balls to say it in front of y'all. And I don't gotta be false or sugarcoated at all. I just get on the mic and spit it. And whether you like to admit it, I just... Cleaning out my closet, I need a doctor, homicide, just lose it, shake that. That's a song you'd love, Dennis. Lucky you. Rap God, which should be the wizard mode in the in this game. When I'm gone, forever, the ringer, we made you. That's 22 that hit the top 100. I think those 22 would work. And some of the ideas that I had, Dennis, what do you put in an Eminem pinball machine? Right, Band pinball machine, sometimes tough. What do you put in a Rush pinball machine? What do you put in a Led Zeppelin? I think it would be easy for Eminem. Just take dark and danky areas of Detroit and throw in a pinball machine. <laughs> yes, because that's what that's what a world covered in highly bright RGB lighting just longs for. Is somehow you'll still feel the city is dark and, I can see and creepy with all these bright, beautiful reds and yellows shining oh, everywhere. Yeah. It won't work. It won't yeah, work. You got the Detroit skyline, the whole eight mile thing, a trailer park, old cars. Nah, that's just do stuff from the songs. Old like house, the fighter pilot thing from Kamikaze or something. No, you know, no. yeah. No, that's what they'll stage, do. Curtains, police, drugs, guns. That brings up the issue that I can see with this IP. 
Is it a little too risque? Is it a little too controversial, filthy for pinball? Maybe for Stern pinball, right? I mean, again, well, takes the I, most risks, I, I, earlier really. was deriding the game because I really don't like the game. You know, Rob Zombie was a pretty filthy, oh, <laughs> filthy God, game yeah. when it came to callouts yeah, and true. stuff. And and Spooky's done that with uh, with Rick and Morty as well. You know, where you could mm-hmm. like language and stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the songs, you could you could have like a clean mode where it would beep or something. Um, radio edits. I, I I wouldn't rule it. I wouldn't rule it out. Guns I do and Roses. Guns and Roses is rapping about heroin addiction stuff. So I don't, sure, sure, sure. It's just um, housed in more of an Americana classic rock form. I do wonder, even though I mean, obviously the sales are there compared compared to all the rest. Uh, and I don't know, though, are you possibly touching any sort of thir- third rail stuff by having your very first rap artist be white mm, on the pinball That's machine? a good point. There was, I, I think, I remember, I wasn't a big Eminem follower, but back in the day, you know, that's part of the controversy was... Uh, Eminem has himself, I mean, we're not going to get into politics or sociology here, but he said himself, he very much has done a lot of what Elvis did in the past. Hmm. I I could see the analogy because Elvis was taking a lot of songs that were not known in white mm-hmm. communities and rhythm exposing and blues, white communities yeah. to them. Yeah, rhythm and Gospel. blues, which wasn't wasn't seen back in the day as quote unquote white music, mm-hmm. and and a lot of people didn't like him for it initially. Yeah, uh, you know, and yeah, no, I don't, I don't want to touch. I just uh, that's a good well, point, though. Yeah, I, I'm not point. trying to have a political debate, but it's just you know these are the questions you along with he had. Uh, he, I know he's addressed these publicly, but there were a lot of accusations of the homophobia in his songs, yeah, some yeah. of his early songs, and and things like that. If he's if he as an individual is too controversial for whatever reason, that would be something worth debating. But. Again, with the sales numbers being there, that's you the know, tough I part. Don't, numbers don't lie here. Uh, that's mean, the thing is, I I think people would probably go well, but if we're talking rap and hip hop, and you're just looking at the numbers, who would you have the biggest potential audience to sell to? And it's hard to argue when you've got over 220 million record sales versus you know the next one is like 70 million behind. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting. It's interesting. I'm gonna say it here. If I'm if I'm creating a pinball machine and I've got Carbalange on creating the first rap, just because of numbers and popularity, I would be silly to go with any other band or solo artist than Eminem. For me, there's no argument there. But I can see it being argued. But but all that being said, I think you and perhaps others, perhaps the listeners, are reading way too much into what has just been driven by album art no what i'm saying is if if he is saying this is all cool not only is it cool to use pinball as the entirety of the theme of my next album whether it's box sets whether it's album art but now we're going to do promo videos with animation that's within that i don't think it's a push to say that he probably would be on board to license a product that is pinball. Yeah, no, I, I conceptually, I, I, I don't think it's ridiculous, but I also don't think it would have been ridiculous to even if there had been nothing. Like we're only talking about this because he did album cover art mm-hmm. with pinball. Like he's as a, as approachable about pinball as any other art. I mean, the guy is fifty. Okay, yeah. it's not. It's he knows what pinball is. There's no reason that that's the only, and it's not even good cover art, right? So, well, I. 
Let's 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 be fair. I've been doing while well, you've been prattling on about Guinness records and mm-hmm. stuff. I've been doing my research. Curtain Call Two is a mixed reviewed album, and the art was despised. Wrong. Des- there is an entire article about Newsweek, which says. Eminem's album cover decoded, which is they, you know, going through figuring mm-hmm. out what happens when you know finding all the Easter eggs and stuff. Continuing the title, as fans mock design, the worst album cover. Yes, the worst album cover. That's what that one thinks. Oh, let me read you. <laughs> let, me read you some tid- let me read you some tidbits. Let me read you some tidbits. Despite despite all the subtle references to his work, some were unimpressed by the visuals. I can't believe he made a cover like this. This is the worst album cover I remember seeing. Come on, Eminem, WTF. Eminem's album cover looks like it was made on Microsoft Paint. Oh, fuck that It's comment. so incredibly that's out ri- of touch. That's ridiculous. Microsoft Paint. It's a wonder anyone let him release the cover in 2022. I don't get that. Marshall, it's not too late to change the cover. What didn't they like? Have you seen Eminem's album art? They're, yeah. they're pretty plain and boring. There's not, There's nothing to them. That's why I don't know why people are so angry. They hates it. They hates it, precious. And I'm going to take it even further and say the video that I've not even yet seen takes place on a pinball machine is Eminem responding to them by doubling down. He's like you. Mm. When someone says they hate something, just double down into it. I'll make them like it. And we're going to shoot this in Microsoft PowerPoint. We have our PowerPoint (laughs) animation with our Microsoft Paint cover art. Uh, What I saw in that promo video, I'm like, oh my gosh, Stern could work with this so well. So well, like, oh, the, their animation team could could nail this. And yeah, the artwork I thought was damn good. It's very much, uh, it feels like pinball artwork. So maybe I'm biased in that I like zombie Yeti stuff and Franchi stuff. And maybe I'm just too close to that because it looks great to me. I'm just, I'm just saying with some of his, some of his You're talking about the, fans the art style. You're not talking about this as a pinball. Yeah, but I'm just saying that that's like the only reason you're talking about this as a pinball is because there is a pinball back glass for a cover art. Like he's hinting that he wants to have a pinball machine all of a sudden when that probably wasn't even his pick. It was probably the artist who said, hey, uh, what if we do this like a pinball back glass? And he's like, yo, that's awesome. Do it. <laughs> Let me give you my copy of Microsoft Paint so you can put it together for me. He's like, I have so many millions of dollars. I really don't care. I will say that the the track list on Curtain Call Two, meh, not my uh. Well, and I, I, my jam. I again, I've not gone There's through it. A couple good ones. Mixed but. mixed reviews. Uh, Pitchfork yeah. had said collects some nice singles, but mostly feels like a portrait of a wayward artist who spent the last thirteen years going in every direction. Yeah, I think uh, or. Bold in its intention, an attempt to broaden the scope of Eminem's career and shuffle away from the fixation on his tabloid baiting peak. Oh. Placed side by side, however, there's simply no comparison. I listed out those 22 hits. Those are freaking hits. Regardless yeah, those were not the, the, those were not the curtain call set list. Curtain call two. There's a couple list. of them in there, but yeah. I'll t- I'll tell you what, Zach. I think this is more likely to happen than Harry Potter. Oh, <laughs> you just destroyed so many people's hopes and dreams. Well, it's just a you know projection. I, hate I haven't destroyed anything. You know how many people, that's what I worry about. You know how many that's people hate Eminem? They hate him. Hate his music. But that's true for all the bands, right? Like there yeah. are people who who went out saying, "I hate Iron Maiden music. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. That I have to have the game." One. But like but Rush, does anybody like? Nobody's angry at Rush. Yeah, actually, uh, nobody's nobody's angry at Led Zeppelin. <laughs> I, uh, someone I someone I uh, I know in pinball 
his spouse actually they have to change he has to change the station if rush comes on <laughs> it's the one band it's the rule for Monday is Oh, <laughs> so you never music's controversial oh, with even man. if the person or the band itself isn't controversial, like people's taste, like when it comes to music, uh, there's some strong takes. You know what? Uh, there'll be people that will say there was a Dolly Parton uh, pinball with her music oh, that would, would say her music's awesome. too terrible to have in it. Be so cool. I'd love it. I want to hear Dolly Parton collab with Eminem. Oh, God. <laughs> Give me a towel. <laughs> <laughs> His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. Oh my god. Uh, and look, speaking of different strokes for different folks, I was going to say different tastes, but after we were talking about that, you and I have different tastes in, uh, in pinball machines. We've been talking a lot about code this episode, so I thought, why not echo the subject of the last Joel Engelberth flipping out stream on TPN? Where he did I another- did not see it. I oh, don't know okay. what we're talking about. Okay, well, you can watch the VOD. I'll explain it to you. He had on Don't Panic Flips George, the pinballer's Mike, and Frisco Pinball's Hottie. And they did this segment again. I think you were a part of one of their segments, like the pick your favorite blah, blah, blah segment. They did that for coders. So Joel listed out Lyman Sheets and his games that he's coded, Dwight Sullivan and his games, Lonnie Ropp and his long list of games, Keith Johnson, his list of games, and Larry DeMar and his list of games. And each of the hosts then went in and they gave their pick for not the best pinball machine, not the best code, not necessarily their favorite pinball machine out of the list, but their favorite rules and code, one from each of those lists. I thought that would be fun for us to do here for the listener. So Dennis, we're going to do this, but we're going to do this uh, quite a bit quicker than, than Joel. Oh, good. <laughs> I imagine they took forever. They did. I enjoyed it, but uh, we're well, going to go fast. But you like that sort of thing. Yeah, I do. I do. Let's start with Larry DeMar. Now, we could have. they could have picked any. There's so many more coders that we were throwing out there. But this is such a weird list, I if, I may, if I may say. More it feels extremely modern, and yeah. then Larry. And then Larry, yeah. Well, I think Joel probably had four of them. He was like, damn, I want five. I don't know who else to pick because nobody else has enough games under their belts yet. I would argue that maybe Nagel, but we're getting close at four well, because they are so good. Okay. But I, there were so many. That's though. interesting, though, because, I mean, it is called Pinball Coder Edition, but Elwin develops Nagel's rules. He implements them. He's a, he's a programmer, not a rule maker. But we don't you know understand if that's the 100%. Difference? No, it's not. I mean, Elwin has noted Nagel, as, especially as become more and more familiar, has mm-hmm. started to give suggestions. But the lead on rules on Elwin games are Elwin, yeah, yeah. according to Elwin. So I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. It's weird because Stern – it's weird to me in a way – but we've kind of gotten used to that stern standard, but like that wasn't the case with, with spooky or American pinball. Like there's no rule that says your rules creator has to be a programmer, but that's how stern likes to do it Mm -hmm. normally. So that's how we just sort of think about it. And that's kind of how it was at Williams as well. So yeah. And Williams a lot of times used, there may have been a lead coder, but they had a group just, I mean, well, there's a group involved now too. I mean, that's where, you know, it's getting complicated. It's where you, you, you go in and you talk about Rush, and it's like, okay, well, which 
which pieces are are Raymond's pieces and which, which pieces you know, are Sexton, are Sexton's yeah. pieces, and it's like, and they and they know, and they'll tell you in the interviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh yeah, I came up with this, and they came up with this, or they programmed this, but it was my idea. Yeah. So you know, Jersey like, Jacks that way too. I think they have like one yeah, coding well, team, but as, one person takes lead. As code has become more advanced, it's no longer. You think about how many video games are designed by one person, exactly. coded by one person at this point. Very, None, very few. Yeah. I mean, it's not that we're past the days of ET on the twenty six hundred. But for argument's sake, we're going to categorize them okay. as such. All right, I, that's we'll, my we'll tangent. Stick with apologies, his. apologies, I mean, folks. I'm, I'm a little so surly today. Brian Eddy even did a lot of code, but we'll we'll stick with the rules of yeah. these five. Larry DeMar, I'll let you go first, and then we'll alternate. But looking at Larry DeMar's list of Jackpot, uh, Adam Stanley. So these uh, these lists are accurate? They are not. Um, that's the other thing that Joel had a lot of a lot of them on here. Because I'm like I'm looking, I'm seeing Dwight has World Poker Tour under him, yeah, and I'm d- like I thought that was Keith Johnson's game. You know, he's yeah. eh, still a little green. We got to teach him a little bit, but no, Twilight. I mean, okay, it's listed under both of them. All right, yeah. Anyway, Larry Demar, okay. World Cup Soccer, Twilight Zone, Funhouse, Bonsai Run, High Speed, Space Shuttle, Black Knight, Jungle Lord, and Scorpion. Good list. Hmm. Good career there. Yeah, Larry Demar. I guess is Larry. I guess he's no longer in pinball. Not to my knowledge. Not to my knowledge either. Looking at those, this is not the best game. This is not the best technical code or rules. What's your favorite of the bunch? Oh, I, I'd probably go World Cup Soccer. Oh, okay. I like. Yeah, that game. I mean, unfortunately, none of these rules are. I you know they're not balanced by today's standards. World sure. Cup Soccer, though, I think works pretty well. Functionally, it's, a it's confusing to me. It is. Because it's it so is simple. A, it is a bit. But but anyone walking up to it, I think, understands the concept that they can at least attack the goal. Yep. Yep. Go through the cities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get the goal. I do love that game. And most of my frustrations with World Cup soccer have to do with J-Pop's layout, not the rules. Oh, this so. isn't crap on J-Pop. I'm not. I'm just saying that there are frustrations. Like, these ramps are difficult. Like, if the flippers aren't perfect, they're not going to get up these ramps. And the scoop is super hard to target. And it's like, well, that was all J-pop Wonderful stuff. designed game. I don't know what you're talking about. It's his best. I knew you wouldn't go for the rinse and repeat of Adam's Family or Twilight No, game. I'm sorry. Two-shot game. I no. knew you wouldn't. And that's the rule's fault, not the layout's fault. Funhouse is a good layout. Me. Funhouse yeah, is well, technically good, I guess good, but yeah, the rules on Funhouse are really clever. So I like that. Yeah, it's better like, than like you know, layout. progressing the clock and all of that. I, I'm gonna go with one that none of them picked. I'm going with high speed. Mm. I think high speed is the first time probably in pinball that we started telling stories. I believe that's true. Yeah, and the effect has really done so with code and programming, more so than layout. Mm-hmm. It's just high speed tells a story and it never gets old locking balls and trying to get away from the police. So I go high speed here. Okay. Moving on to Keith Johnson. Oh, oh Mr. Depth himself. Multiball yep. man. Keith Johnson's codes include GNR wizard of Oz pirates of the Caribbean Hobbit Lord of the Rings CSI underrated wheel of fortune family guy world poker tour Elvis Simpsons pinball party NFL, which nobody's played, Austin Powers, High Roller Casino, a Dennis favorite, Sharky Shootout, another Dennis favorite, Striker Extreme, Dennis wants one, Playboy, and Revenge for Mars? Question mark there. Hmm. I don't really think that's a. He must have helped with something because yeah, I don't Revenge think he was for Mars lead was it. what I called on the stream all hands on deck. Like that was nah. that was Lyman, yes. that was Dwight, that was. Well, CSI's kind of like that too. 
Yes, yes, like, yes, yes. Well, at least in the sense in the, that I know, I know three different programmers came up with the three multi balls in CSI mm-hmm. and designers too. I don't know if Pat Lawler kind of <laughs> dipped out halfway through on that one. <laughs> so we got a list uh, here of Keith Johnson. As I'm looking mm-hmm. through this list, a lot of the, a, a lot of really classic games here, a lot of favorites by a lot of people. Simpson Pinball Party is really deep. Austin Powers, I love the theme, but it's a spellathon. World Poker Tour is heralded for its depth, but I don't get into it. Uh, it feels like it feels kind of like Wizard of Oz to me, which rules wise, depth wise, it's confusing to me. Pirates of the Caribbean is really well done. Hobbit, mm, really well done, but then there's Lord of the Rings. <sighs> I'm gonna go right now. I'm stuck between Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. I'm gonna go with Lord of the Rings. I really, there's a big gap in between there and back again in Valinor, so that's that's the downside. Um, but the way he implements multiball was better than probably any way that he implemented multiball and anything else that he's known for. And I love the tasks orientation of like the gifts from the elves to get, as well as your main shots to get that insert towards your three multiballs, represent the three films. The moments in that game are amongst the best ever created in pinball. Lord of the Rings with a runner-up on Hobbit for me. Mm. It's all about the moments. Where's your Where's your mind taking you, Dennis? I, of this list, I would pick Lord of the Rings. Mm. Any re- particular reason why? No, I have no reasoning. Okay, just because you like snooks as hobbits. <laughs> uh, I mean, you you already went into a whole thing about what what he did with it. I guess. If I were to just distill it down into a more simple form, it's it does a very effective job of having you shoot the entire play field. So that's true. Yeah. Because of that, you get to experience the full layout. It tells a good story. It goes along. As you noted, there are a lot of different things you can work on in the game. Yep. Uh, and it does have a, a you know a, a lot of moments. So I mean, there are other pieces that kind of bleed in and start to infect my opinion of Lord of the Rings because you've got the such you know such good callouts and yes. and everything else that's sort of in play. Uh, but while I don't like, it's a terrible tournament game because of how long of a player it is. True. That as a game to enjoy, it's it's excellent. It you go on, you actually go on an adventure with it. You so. truly do. Yep, hard to argue that one. Lonnie Rop. Can we just give this oh, guy an he's award got so for so much stuff? Boy, he is he's the workhorse of pinball. He has been there since the beginning of Stern, uh but Data East, I mean Sega, he's been there. I'm not even gonna read off all of Lonnie Rop's games because the list is double that of anybody else's. But some of the heavy hitters of the contemporary Stranger Things, Guardians of the Galaxy, he's done Kiss, he's done Star Trek. A lot of people know Star Trek, X-Men. Iron Man, wait a minute, Joel, he started Iron Man, I guess, Lyman kind of, I, that's a Lyman game. He's, he's got it in both. Yeah. This list, it can induce rage if people were to actually see the list. I uh, know. So. He did a lot of the early Stern stuff with Keith Johnson, the Austin Powers, High Roller Casino kind of stuff. Nobody's going to pick South Park, Space Jam, here's our Segas, X-Files, Twister, Goldeneye, Maverick. The original GNR, Tommy, Last I, Action mm. Hero, Jurassic Park. I was gonna say I I'm think Tommy was Lyman, but I these. think Lyman might have done the dots on Tommy. Yeah, 
but of this list that Joel compiled. All right. Uh, of these, the one I'm going to, I'm going to pick is, is Stern Star Trek. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I think, I think it's an excellent rule set. I, some people, and I, Dwight's corrected this in interviews before, because some people go in and say that Dwight fixed the code on this, like mm-hmm. came up with the metals and he's like, no, those Lonnie came up with the metal system. Okay. I think the metal system was a really cool idea. Uh, so it's as a game, it's set up so you don't time out the modes. Like they stop the timer mm-hmm. on you. You know, you got all these different things. They so for some people, they struggle. Uh, and I understand that. Like they feel like it's a chase the blinking lights. Um, but especially once you get past the first tier of the, of the modes, sure, it starts to feel like you do like Nero level three and it's like math. Like your every flip moves two different lit shots. And so yeah, you have to think about your flips. It's like, it's just, a, it was so different in the different ways that they try and convey the shots that are trying to tell the story of the DMD. Mm-hmm. So for me, I just think, Plus, it's really well balanced. I like the uh, in three tiers too. Which modes you go That's through? Yeah, cool. it's it's three. It's like three wide and three deep. Mm-hmm. So you've got three levels of every single one of these missions, but also completing the three in a rows yeah, and how they yeah. you get bonuses for those. And then you start, yeah, you start being like, okay, I'm going to get uh, super spinners, or I'm going to have, or you do, you set up two at once, and you activate the third one to close out both um, yep. paths, and yep. you get both of them. It's there's just a lot to do with it. So I'm going to say, yeah, Star Trek would be my my favorite of his rule set. But I'm going to go ahead and uh, and give you an honorable mention. His first okay. game, Laser War. Oh, okay. That is a quirky, weird, fun game. Mm-hmm. Um, rules depth-wise, obviously, because that's like System 11 era, but Data East. So super simple of trying to go and get the shots. But it's got like hurry-up setups to try and make uh like jackpot shots in the multi ball and yeah. stuff. It's a fun. It's a fun game. If you ever get a chance to play a laser war, it's that a lot is of fun. a fun game. It's kind of like uh, I like Torpedo Alley in the same sense, but more so because of the design of Torpedo Alley. Just a weird, odd layout uh, that kind of works for me. We don't see that as much anymore. But I don't, I don't have enough time to say the rules. For me, I will preface my pick with a lot of these games. I don't have adequate time on so. It's tough for me. Uh, so, are, so am I going to have to put on my my UV glasses for your pick? <laughs> no. Tell me. No, you're not. Really? No, you're oh, not. Oh, no. I'm wrong. Because with Stranger Things, Stranger Things is is a good code, but it's essentially something he's done before and has replicated. I, my argument for Lonnie Rob is this. While I've not played all of them, he was kind of a non-factor for me on most of his produced games i think that's why lonnie rop kind of gets some shade at times i think that as he continues to do code and you know everybody can argue this he continues to get better but i think it's exponentially he's taken bigger steps so for me yeah stranger things is code is phenomenal but i don't know if i would pick that as like his ultimate code iron man and tron are on this list but those are not lonnie games in my opinion maybe they are but not in my opinion those are lyman games uh Hard not to pick Star Trek because that's where and that's where I feel like he did start his Lonnie Rop uh, the thumb uh, Lonnie Rop uh, the Rapassance yeah the the Rapa the his fingerprint was on Star Trek and then you started seeing that type of those games following Kiss Aerosmith Guardians of the Galaxy Stranger Things I think the one that he nailed once it was finally done was Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm mm. going to give Guardians of the Galaxy the nod here mm. because of the way that he utilized all the assets he got, the way that he did tier these very much like a, like a Star Trek kind of thing, 
where you can either start it or complete it. If you complete it, you go here. But if you just start them, you go here. You've got these little side quests of the multi-balls that you have to factor in as a task. Then he throws in a little cherry bomb multi-ball there to keep interest in this game. But for me, it's the balancing of the rules. All said and done, Guardians of the Galaxy may be one of the most preferred tournament competition games of Lonnie Rop's list. Mm-hmm. So for the balance, and that's something that you go. care about deeply. So I'm going to give him the nod there because I really do like Guardians. It's still in my, still in my collection, and I still chase Xandar. Still haven't got to Xandar. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go Guardians is very popular. Yes, we got it got two, to a really good spot. Yeah, we got two more left here. And oh, hold up, Guardians! I really like that the first time you start multi bolts three, but the second time it's four. Mm, that's good. I like that. Let's go with Dwight Sullivan, and then we'll finish it out with Lyman Sheets. So it's getting tougher for me. Oh, this is going to be hard for you because there's so many moments. That's what Dwight does is moments. Such a moment maker. Blinded by Dwight. All of these games are they're so good. we got Mandalorian, Turtles, Star Wars, Monsters, Ghostbusters, Game of Thrones, Family Guy, Pirates of the Caribbean, Stern, underrated game, World Poker Tour, I'm not counting, Sopranos, I'm not counting, Elvis, I'm not counting. T3, I'm counting. Playboy, High Roller, Early Stern stuff. Junkyard, Champions Pub. Here's the here's the Bally Williams. Dwight, Who Done It? No Fear, Roadshow, Star Trek, Next Gen, Getaway, T2, Bugs Bunny. Nice job, Dwight. And Riverboat Gambler. You're, you're trying to remember if Bugs Bunny's your favorite. I've not, I've not got enough time on Bugs Bunny, so I can't. <laughs> I've played it one time, and one time is enough. I've, I've played Riverboat Gambler. It's a fun game. Yeah, no, Riverboat, uh, Bugs Bunny, you know, I don't know. I've not played Millionaire, and I hear Millionaire's a pretty bad System <laughs> 11, but out of the 30 System 11s, Bugs Bunny is the worst I've ever played. Oh, uh, I think it looks cool. Oh, no, artistically, it looks it looks yeah. really good. It's like the one-time Python Angela like, tried not <laughs> to get all weird and was just like, I want to draw Looney Tunes, and so he did. He didn't pop by it. <laughs> Man, yeah. s- some games yeah. oh here, they're God. just so good. T2, Getaway, Star Trek Next Gen with what he did with the uh, the crystals and getting those. Mm. Roadshow, I own. No Fear, I own. Junkyard, very underrated game. Champions Pub, I think is gimmicky, Dwight. But it's the best personification of World Under Glass I've ever seen. It is really good. Though I guess that goes to the playfield designer. But I fell in love with Dwight. More recently. With Sharkies. I no, with, uh, with the Stern, newer Stern stuff. Mm. Do I give it to Game of Thrones? I get a little bored there. A little bit too much strategy for me. Ghostbusters, that's when I was falling in love with pinball. If I pick Ghostbusters, you know how much hate mail we'll get? Because no, not because no one, no one linearity of the what no, people say. No one is. respects any of your choices anyway. No, so no. Well, I don't think we'll get any. Most, I don't think we'll get a single message most about people it. People in life are wrong, so I can get that. Monsters, hell no, Dwight. Uh, sorry, buddy. Star Wars, Ooh. oh, moment making. Turtles, good. Mando's, damn good. I'm gonna go with Ghostbusters. Give me, <laughs> give me Ghostbusters. You want to know why? Because no. it's not fucking linear like everybody says you've got three different paths that you can take and three linear paths okay i'll give you that but all at the same time you can pick your strategy because you can chase ghosts too you can go through modes that all have moments you can also chase up that ladder that you want collecting 10 20 30 40 ghosts 50 ghosts all with different mini modes if you will or a little wizard mode at the end there 
and they're all fun. Like Lupin Supers, we were talking about this on Discord, and it went over everybody's head because they're like, no, you're wrong. It's not balanced. I don't give a shit. Lupin Supers is one of the funnest modes in pinball. It's not even a damn mode. It's like a little side quest. Dwight is a side quest kind of guy, a little RPG kind of fella. Gets a little bit too deep, in my opinion, with Game of Thrones and Mando on the RPG things, but Ghostbusters is where it's at. That's where the origin of the Dwight show kind of came from. You could argue Game of Thrones. Ghostbusters came out before Game of Thrones, didn't it? Uh, Yes. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's where you get those light shows, though. Jackpots and stuff. Give me Ghostbusters, and I think I'm right. Hmm. Hmm. Well, maybe. Maybe you're right. Probably not. Where are you going? Well, I feel like objectively the right answer is probably Game of Thrones, but I I don't understand it well enough to let that be my pick. Martell. So, <laughs> well, yeah, it used to it used to be in the the, the it used to be different houses, and then he did the update, the code update, yeah. and then like the choices changed, Great so choice. it was a significant <laughs> a significant update. So anyway, I don't I don't fully I don't fully know it. So I just I maybe say as a runner up, people should give that one a, a chance. I'm gonna go way back actually oh. and and choose Getaway. Oh, that's a good uh, that's a good one. I love Getaway. It's, I like Getaway so much. It's shocking I've never owned one. Wow, but just. So much like obviously, you know, there's some pieces that come come back to mind from high speed, mm-hmm. but you know, the ability to to build up the RPMs and have to remember to shift the gears That's for your smart. scoring, and and then going and having that that cool d- two different shots you can do to to access the ball lock to have the physical ball lock up top uh, to get ready to do the and then when you're in that mode. You know, trying to go for that super jackpot and the stress that's going on because of the way that he's got the sounds incorporated. So it's just freaking you out. And you're like, I got to go. and I got to go. <laughs> and if you've drained out, and you're trying to make the, the shot before the time is out. Oh, and it's yeah. just like, oh, my God, what's going on? And then, of course, the supercharger and the, it's just the effect of g- going in there and when it's ready. And then, of course, it does other things when it's not. It's just it's a pretty it's a very straightforward game. You're trying to get in the multiball and do the thing. But the way it's all put together I don't care that the game's got a ton of bugs in it. It's super fun. Um, we tend to have one on the location a lot. Even the tournament players love it. It's it's a uh, people love. It's that my game. favorite. It's my favorite of this list. I just I really like Getaway a lot. You know, you so. know, whenever a coder or programmer or they're so good at their job that their code creates the theme. Like Getaway, that's the theme. Like High Speed and Getaway, that those are themes. I would argue a lot in part because of the code. Uh, that that they're derived of. Same with like freaking junkyard and who done it? Who done like? Does any coder take more risks than Dwight? Who done it? That's that's kind of the onset of the RPG. Kind of are we? We're trying to find. It's like a game within a game. We're not just playing pinball. You should probably and- sequel Who Done It. Like do Who Did It? <laughs> who did it? He who smelt it dealt it. Who done it? I don't have enough time on that game. I. People told me I wouldn't like it, but I'm always intrigued by it. I played one uh, again. I've played. I mean, I had played it before, but I played one a couple months ago again, and I was like, you know what? There's a lot more to figure out here because you know you can actually you try and solve it. Yeah, and there's multiple it probably worked better yeah. today where they could make it a little more because there were ways to kind of quickly figure yeah. out who did it in the old code that I think you could solve today. But mm-hmm. um, it's a yeah, that's a it's a weird one, man. Man, uh, they're, they're, Dwight, what a nice, nice career he's got here. I can't wait to see what he's coming up with next. Do you think it'd be Venom? Oh, 
Oh, we're going to end on the God of Pinball Code. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of the Mount Rushmores of pinball in general. Maybe the only coder that would appear on a pinball Mount Rushmore. Possibly. I guess it depends how many heads we get to have on the Rushmore. What if we get Is four? it just the four? Or yeah, what if we, we get four? Because, you know, Mount, Mount Rushmore is supposed to have more faces. Yeah, who got lazy there? I think they ran out of money, but oh, okay. yeah. Lyman Sheets. We got Elvira's House of Horrors. We've got Medieval Madness, AC, DC, Attack from Mars, Batman 66, Spider-Man, Walking Dead, Iron Man, Metallica, Tron, Rolling Stones, Avatar, don't forget, Big Buck Hunter, NBA, 24, CSI, Batman Dark Knight, Sopranos, Revenge for Mars, Monster Bash, Maverick, Royal Rumble, Tommy, and The Last Action Hero. It's a hell of a list. Yeah, some of those le- some of those older ones I don't think he's lead on. I think he was coding yeah, some other aspect. Mixed and stuff doing. I think he did yeah. display work. Mm-hmm. Um Monster Bash is the first one that I recognize is like ah, holy yeah, crap, yeah. that's lime and sheets. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is easy for me, Walking Dead. Why just easy, just like that. Yeah. No medieval madness. No, no. attack for Mars, maybe no. arguably your favorite game ever. Attack for Mars is great. People say but- Batman sixty six is kind of his masterpiece. Uh, you know what? There is a lot good. to Batman 66, but there's just something about Walking Dead. There's something about the modes. You know, he he found a way to to take advantage of those far side drop targets and make them super important. Mm-hmm. Not to mention like when you hit one and it locks in one of the three things like the food or oh, the weapons yeah. or whatever. And what if you complete that, it actually, they give you perks and they're different yep. perks. And then tra- going in and trying to 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 complete those particular missions, you've got the multi kills. You've got the two x play field multiplier you can activate. Yep. The All X shot just, X super yeah. Yeah, it's just, and that was a game that had a lot. Like I think when people saw it and the layout was weird to them and different. And initially, when the before the code developed, it it didn't fully take advantage of the play field. And I think people were kind of like, it's a bad play field. But mm-hmm. this was an instance where the play field was actually I think good and creative oh, and like different. And then. When the code showed you by having you take advantage of all of it, it's just all that. Not to mention, I mean, he put in some moments with the oh with my. the well walker as the an horde? obvious entry thing, and the and, you know, horde horde mode, and of course, uh, you know, one of my favorite things is to get into bloodbath. Oh yes, stack bloodbath like, with a oh, multi ball and a mode. It's, oh, it's so there's just so much. It's one of those to me. Of all of the things that he that he worked on, and again, this is where I put it above Attack from Mars was the full embrace of risk and reward. Like, do you want to play it safe? Yeah, yeah, you've got yeah. moments galore no matter which way you go. But you want to play it safe on a points front and start doing certain things. Or do you, you're like, you're behind. I got to take some risks. And he's given them to you. And mm-hmm. you take those risks, you can pile on those points quick. So that's why All it's the wizard modes. Game. There's like five wizard modes in that game. And so none of them wizards. are easy to get to. No, the whole game is hard. Now, part of that's the layout, but the whole game is brutal, brutal game. And I would argue that the he really honed in his risk-reward in Metallica, but what he did in Walking Dead is he actually made it fun and interesting, that mm-hmm. risk-reward. Yeah, and one of the thing, and from a tournament perspective, when I play in local tournaments, and we've often had Metallica and Walking Dead, the thing with Walking Dead that I love, though, is even if I get drawn up against a good player, they're afraid of Walking Dead, mm. and I'm like, I know, I yeah. I can like, I, I can do that. I can beat them. I can beat the the top player in the state. I know I can take them on Walking Dead. I'll probably lose, but I know they're afraid yeah. of it too. Mm-hmm. Man, there's so many good like 
if we're looking at the simplicity, but how dynamic the rule set on Iron Man and Tron are, and I would argue Avatar too kind of lumped in there, but those codes made those games. Tron, you could argue other things made it, the layout and such, but mm. like Iron Man? I mean, the thing, setting aside that Lyman would almost assuredly be seen as the the lead rules person on our on our pinball Mount Rushmore. I don't really think it would be deba- debated by anyone. Maybe Elwin's rules will ultimately supplant that, but I don't think, not yet. Not Ain't yet. like that yet. It's just uh, Lyman's rules were, de- the thing, setting aside just how good they all are, not to, to wax too poetic about all of the great things Lyman did, but he saved a lot of games. Walking Dead is one of those examples of a game that when it came out, and again, because he spent so much time developing code, games would sort of start and people would be down on them. And then later they'd be like, you know what? This became a really good game. People were down on Iron Man when it came out. Mm -hmm. It's like 2008. What the heck is this? Stern stripped everything else. They're cheaping out. Batman 66, uh, like no other. And then became great. Batman was, uh, was yeah, I mean, people were like. It was a head scratcher. You know, obviously, again, Stern's kind of behind the eight ball. They're trying to get the Batman stuff all right, the super LEs before Adam West dies. And then it's like, and he totally redid the code from where it initially was. Mm-hmm. He saved Spider-Man. Spider-Man was seen as a bad game. A lot of he, work on ACDC with Encore yes. and stuff. Uh, ACDC, you know, well, I won't say it was a, a he, that he came in and saved ACDC. ACDC came in and like saved Stern. Mm-hmm. It was like, that yeah. was the start of this, all this new, you know, 10 years ago. This is the start of the surge. The pinball resurgence was not when the new company uh, or new investors came in in 2008. That's what kept Stern alive. It was ACDC in 2012 that said, you know what? Pinball's a thing now. And, and I think also we could say that it sure as hell wasn't Max. I think a big reason that there was a resurgence in pinball uh, amongst nostalgia and other reasons, but code was a big one. And I'd also argue theme, but code was a huge one. These are now complex game sets that you see in things like uh, video games that people are just, it's the video game, you know, the home market video game started rapidly shooting up and uh, surpassing that as cinema. So too, pinball gets a, a boost because of the complexity of rules. I'm with you, Dennis. Walking Dead 100%. It's not even close. I take Walking Dead code. Not only of all of the games we have listed here in Lyman's, not only all the games we have listed here of the five coders, but the greatest single code set, rule set programming in the history of pinball. And the sad thing is there are still glaring issues with this code rule set, but it's still far and above better than anything else. For me, it's about moments. It's about tasks and non-linearity. And it is very much about having understanding, like here's your six things that you got to get or seven you can get there. There's like 15 ways to get them. So choose which ones you want to get. Yeah. That that's a great point. I mean, of all the, and so I don't good. have a huge collection of games, but this is the one where when it when it comes in, I feel like I have the most path choice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, compared to because another ones that would be the most pathy would be Star Trek. Which okay, which of these like six different mission level ones do I want to start with? Which mm-hmm. is a good variety. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Or you know, much like with you know, God and Godzilla does better, 
than Star Trek in the sense that, okay, I could start one of my four level, you know, tier one kaiju, but I also could, you know, go mm-hmm. after tank multiball or go after bridge or go after Tesla strike sure. or whatever. But with Walking Dead, I don't know this, the way it feels, it's like, okay, do I want to go for the drops? And then if I do that, which of these modes do I want to choose from all these main shots? Oh, yeah. Or do I want to start just trying to pick off Walker kills and maybe go for my extra ball mm-hmm. right away? Yeah. Or instead, do I want to go for Well Walker multiball, maybe play it safe a little bit? Or do I want to go for for prison instead and uh, you know attack mm-hmm. the, attack those barn doors and get that going because it's going to be more lucrative um, and then with, you know with the multi kills and everything like it's it's got a lot of different choices without even though i know there's a, there's a lot of i guess quote unquote depth to it it doesn't it doesn't overwhelm me with its complexity. That's like, exactly I'm not, what I was going to say. I'm not doing say. like annihilation bonus math here, trying mm-hmm. to figure out like, well, if I get my destruction well, then jackpot and then I'll and, do, uh, you know, I- In Discord, us nerds were talking about like why Walking Dead code is so great. And then somebody brought up the fact that, well, like Avengers has that too in Trophy and Mania. But my argument would be it's depth wise, it's tangible. And that's as much as we need. Is in Walking yeah, Dead. I, Otherwise, I you struggled. lose. You get lost in the woods. I have. I have. Of all of Keith Elwin's games, I have struggled the most with Avengers, and I know people who own it and love it and tell me that I, it's just. I just don't know the rules well enough, and I, I agree. But whenever I go up and I play it on location, I it's very overwhelming to me. But Walking Dead is the most depth that, as a player, I'll ever need. If we stay into the confines of Walking Dead, I'll never see all those wizard modes, but I'll keep chasing them because they're fun. I don't need depth outside of that. That would be my argument. I would argue that why in the hell Stern has not taken the Walking Dead, that code and rule set, and put that into another game is preposterous. It's so silly. Nobody's even replicated anything near what the Walking Dead is doing. And for me, there's no explanation as to why they haven't done that yet. I I just simply don't get it. We may never know. So that's this or that pinball coder edition. That was fun. That was fun. And we did it faster than them. We went on a while. We we talked a lot about Lyman. Did we we do it faster? We got a little passionate there, didn't we? Okay. You know what else uh, goes on long and I'm passionate about? Nothing, because we're done with the show. Pinball market trends. Oh, dear. Ah, really quick. Trending up this week is Cactus Canyon SE Epsilon and LE Editions. Why, you might ask? Why? <laughs> They're not even out, Zach. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say they finally done, They finally found that one piece from the F-250 no. chip that powers that topper. <laughs> it's just What a- makes its arms spin? What is so hard? I don't understand. <laughs> Why is this topper so hard? I'm a man of the people. I'm a man of the streets. And the buzz and chatter I hear around the boulevards and the avenues is... Cactus Canyon SE Plus and LE. Sure, the SEs are coming out in drones and people are people are buying them. It's just, it's such a damn enjoyable game. I was playing it the other day and I thought, fuck, this game is just really good. And it, I don't even know if it should be this good, but I'm not going to see the end of it often. It's tangible, but it's like a little carrot out there. I can only imagine what it's going to see whenever the additional code comes. But all of this talk about the delays with the SE Plus and the LE because of the toppers just makes people want them more. And I'm turning it up this week because numbers don't lie. I only report the facts. And if you go back and look at all of the iterations of the remakes, especially the LEs with toppers, they all hold and they all increase and they're still staying high. 
So there's no reason that Cactus Canyon won't do the same, especially when you wave the magic wand of Lyman Sheets all over it. The best topper, arguably. The best coder, arguably. Something new that you haven't played for decades and you don't know much of. Bye, bye, bye! Cactus Canyon SE Plus and LE are going to be high for a long time, and they're going to continue to go up for the short term here. Also trending up this week is Jerry Thompson. The sound guy. Did you hear the loser kids? I did. I did hear the loser kids. This loser kid interview. I mean, nothing Nothing came out of it that I was like, oh my God, did you hear what he talked Nothing. What came They're out of it? They're going to 7.1 surround sound. That's right. <laughs> For a two foot depth. Yeah, you don't need it. Jerry Thompson is just such a generous, likable, lovable fellow that I think people forget how much he is into pinball. This is a man that has like 30 pinball machines himself. What other creator in pinball can we say that about? I don't know. I, I guarantee you probably can't count them on, our, uh, on one of our hands. He used to frequent the autograph lines at expos and conventions because that's how much he loved pinball. And he is so humble by the fact that he himself is now creating it, not only creating it, but doing a damn splendid job at it as well. Jerry is one of the, maybe the most overlooked, but should be the, one of the most beloved people in our community, not only for what he brings to our games, but also the ambassadorship that he represents. I cannot say enough about Jerry Thompson and the love that everyone should have for that man. So I had to train him up. I mean, it's just, okay. it's objective here. Do you think maybe he's too nice? Is he, no, here's is he what going happens. to surpass surpa- Steve Bowden? Mm, what if he already has? But people <gasps> don't know it. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I know people that sometimes are too nice. Some people that are too nice are annoying. You know those types, right? You're like, I just want to smash your face. But Do you, okay, so nice, you mean like, you mean, I don't you, know you why. mean bubbly I, people. But some people are just so nice and positive. I'm like, God, I hate you, but I don't know why. <laughs> I'm just doing that for entertainment purposes, people. I just, the people are awesome. I like them. It's just for entertainment. But I don't want to smash Jerry's face. He's he's like a really super nice guy that <laughs> I like being this around. This is market. Transact does not want to smash <laughs> Jerry's face. Turning so, down Jerry, this week. congratulations. Your face is safe. Killing you do puppies. Not have a pu- you do not have a punchable face. <laughs> he doesn't. Uh, fine, I'll trend down something. Trending down this week is Guns and Roses. Damn it. Why? I, I don't know. They just made so many just, of them. Just, they made a lot. They've made a lot. And people want the new and the shiny. And GNR is not it anymore. So they're well, selling. Sure. Yeah. And they're selling. And they're selling. So much so that uh, right now in the secondary market, you can find a GNR LE probably lower nines. Oh, God. Oh, wow. Kind of hurts when I have a handful of them still left in stock. Gosh, I just don't know. Guess it's time for what we like to call in the business a fire sale. Oh. And risk losing our distribution. <laughs> fire sale. Side note: Whenever fire sale in the in the dark alleys of uh, Bloomington, Indiana. <laughs> now I hear. Side note: I hear so many podcasters talk about. Well, man, all these dealers have all this inventory of these, you know, said list of games. Man, at some point in time, they're just going to have to take, you know, big hits on it. They're going to have to sell them for. Lo- 
people, yep. we 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 can't do that. Believe us, there there's some of us no. dealers that might do that, but we can't because we are contractually obligated. There is a floor to what we can sell them for. And some of you might say, well, no, there's a floor to what you can advertise them for. No, I'm telling you, there is a floor for what we can sell them for. Is there no clause? I mean, now I'm, I'm, now I'm curious. So is there no clause like after, like if you've sat on one, like for four years? I'd, I'd have point, to go back and you... read the agreement, but there, okay. to my knowledge, there is no, there's no language as such. Can you send them back? No. <laughs> right now if i wanted to uh, let's say just hypothetically if i wanted to cancel some of my uh cactus can or toy story uh orders i lose the money i gave them i can't i can't even transfer them to another product that they sell i'm just simply out that money so yeah mm. it's, it's tough business i might, I might have to get out my my tiny violin for you i, I don't know. know what i don't know what to do thank you so there is a floor that we can't sell them and if there is evidence that comes out that then they could potentially cut ties with us because of so so no we gotta sit gotta sit the good thing is gnrs will sell and owners of gnr do not fret because number one the ce is going to maintain uh, a pretty good chunk of change for for long term and the le's will go back up I anticipate the GNR LEs. It's going to take them a while. I think it's going to take them by the spring of 2023 to start to kind of maintain uh, that bottom and start going up a hair. They'll find a medium. I'd also like to chime in and just and reassure them as well that as <laughs> as private owners, no one with the company would ever contact them about choosing to sell their own game on below whatever <laughs> floor they might choose. Is that not true, Zach? The, the companies would never weigh in on what someone does with their personal game. I cannot confirm nor deny that. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> hey, I sold my GNR. See. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, you did. On the black market. <laughs> <laughs> I said I'm a fan of the streets, man. I had to get it. <laughs> Just, it's like uh, in the alleys of Indianapolis. No, it's almost relevant. It's a GNR trade going I, down. I took an offer I couldn't refuse. It's like... <laughs> It's like it's like it's like behind the local Taco Bell exchange exchange of cash for GNR. I'll tell you what, if a GNR CE popped up at like a crazy great price, I'd probably pick up one again because I do miss it a little bit. But for me, it was a it's like Keith Johnson games anymore. I when I play them, play them. There's no other experience in pinball like them. But once I get done with that high, I don't want to get back on that drug for a while because. It's got a big hangover on it. So, well, you know, getting back to the, you know, the game we both picked, Lord of the Rings, as his. I know mm-hmm. that's been a number, uh, a very common issue I've seen with people who are who own the game, who are fans of it. Is a lot of them who've moved it on. The main argument I've often heard is, I just don't really have time to want to push the start button and know I'm going to play for 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. why they they move it along. It's like it no longer becomes fast like any other pinball game because they mastered the shots and it's so long to get through. That it just some people only want to play pinball for ten minutes at a time. So. Yeah, Keith Johnson is the dopamine succubus. Like he will take every little dopamine particle that he can from you. And there's a refractory period. Deal of the week this week can be found. You know what? Numbers don't lie. Neither do I. Except for this deal of the week because it's the pinball vault. Have you oh seen God, the flipping out vault? Thing. You finally got it. Why do we have some, to have accounts to look at the oh vault? Boy, there's some steals in there, Dennis. Let me tell you. 
I'm exaggerating, people. There's not deals there. What the what the pinball vault is, the flipping out pinball vault, is for... It's for go on, I'm sorry. It, it is for people that got to have it. That's what that's for. If you don't know where it's at, it's somewhere. And it's got a price on it's it. Ba- it's basically deals of the WTF. It is. It but, is deals. But Zach's, but Zach's version. Oh, it's, so. it's the merge of that. It, well, it's, it's it's deals of the week in the sense that, holy shit, he's got one. But it's a, what the fuck is he asking for it? I initially, I like to imagine that the, the vault actually started as a different concept, but it's just kind of been corrupted over time. <laughs> and, and as you tried to implement it on your Wix website host or whatever, oh, it's just like, this man. is what it just has to be now. Oh. Is This deals of the WTF. So have you got As a, crazy as some of the deals do need, sound, it, they're the market values of where they're at. I also like to imagine that you just stockpiled like four years worth of (laughs) toppers and that's what you're just going to drip feed them out on the vault. I never considered that. I always like with, um, with some games like right now, oh, people are going to be so mad when they hear this. I've got a Godzilla premium in the box sitting, (gasps) but the reason I do that is because I'm anticipating one getting jacked up and shipping. And I want to be able to send somebody else a new one instead of waiting for Stern two to six months for repair. So, and I just just had that happen this last week. Now everyone's going to be writing into Zach at flip the letter in out pinball.com <laughs> saying, Zach, get me to my premium. Release that premium. It's just going to sit there until I know that all of the people have been taken care of and FedEx didn't fuck up any of their games. And then I'll release it to the next person in line. But I do that a lot. And I'll do that on toppers, I do that on everything. But then, yeah, if they're sitting and I'm like, oh, crap, I still got one of these. Oh, yeah, it goes in the vault. <laughs> mods, there is no mod out there safe. If you guys see, I will buy, and I flip mods. Um, I'm saying it here. If somebody creates a damn good mod, I buy five of them. One for myself and four for the vault. Have you, did you did you try and go on consider going on like cameo to see if Geraldo Rivera would have done a... <laughs> Done a little video of, of opening the flipping uh, out vault, the old Al Capone style. That'd be fantastic. But hey, look, for some people, they're like, "Man, I wish they made Beatles toppers again." Well, I've got one. That's all I'm saying. Flipping out vault. Pinball bounty. Somebody find me a damn Dolly Parton that's either super beat up and and plays or pristine. I don't want any in between. Nothing in between. And for God's sakes, get CPR stew, a radical play field. Please, people, I want a radical. And as always, Dennis, I'm just here to report the facts. Don't kill me. Numbers don't lie. Neither do I. On Pinball, Market Trends, Vault Edition. <laughs> <laughs> this kind of sounds like a bird. <laughs> Are you Godzilla? We're <laughs> oh, we doing all the annoying voices today. <laughs> we just still need a protector. <laughs> What's Taters Pass? Oh. Man, I like talking to you this week. It was fun. Fun episode with no news. Yeah, it's pretty light. Light and fluffy. The cool whip of, uh, or cool whip. Whip. Of, uh, of uh, the pinball networks, the pinball Speaking show. of, do you go Miracle Whip or do you go Mayonnaise? Mayonnaise. I go Miracle Whip. Hmm. Well, that's a big thing in Indiana. What's I hear. different about it, though? It was made differently. It's got a different flavor. Mayo's real tangy, though. Yeah. I don't know. It's very eggy. 
Miracle well, Whip doesn't I mean, feel as tasty. It does have eggs in it, so yeah, no, I don't know what that is. I mean, I don't mind Miracle Whip. I just I don't like, mind if I'm putting something on a sandwich. I put mayo on the sandwich. I don't buy Miracle Whip. My wife has recently switched over, and that's why I bring it up because I'm like, what? I'm like Nicole, what the hell? Where's the Miracle Whip? And she's like, she's trying well, to c- calm down your back, and the mayo may help. <laughs> it's nice. Creates bone spurs. <laughs> That's the miracle in it. <laughs> Where can people catch it, Dennis? Well, they can always uh, reach out to me over at uh, Eclectic Gamers Podcast. So they can email Eclectic Gamers Podcast at gmail.com or go to facebook.com slash Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Use the messenger tool and I am accessible. Oh, and you guys got to go check out the This or That and Rendition of Watches with Dennis. Oh, on the Watches with Dennis YouTube. Yeah. Well, that one's picking up more in post than uh-huh. uh, you know, live stream had, had about, I think we had about 13 people on when we were doing it. But, nice. but since then, people are going back and catching it. I was able to. I wanted to try it live, and it's kind of neat because through YouTube, I can run polls through the chat. Mm-hmm. So the so the live viewers were able to say like which option they would. Pick. Yeah, it was fun so voting was kinda, in real time. Kind of cool. Yeah, I had uh, I had David Dennis from Silver Ball Chronicles here on the Pinball Network, mm-hmm. and I also had Tony over with the Collective Gamers Podcast, and they both said they had a lot of fun doing it. So. They did really good too. They did really well, good. Well, they, I know Tony. They both actually collect. Yeah, so. Tony is a collector. I didn't know David was, but he's he oh, kept up. Dave, Dave, David's wife. She came into the chat I heard. and she was all like, oh, well, I want the, I want the rose gold version of this. And I'm like, well, I didn't put any 20,000 plus dollar watches in this version yep, of this screwed. or that, but we could talk about it. Uh, Sayonara to that Tron you got there, David Dennis. Yeah. See you later. You can catch me at the pinball network at gmail.com or straight down the middle video series. We recently had a toy story Four review that Dennis loved so much and Tony chuckled about. <laughs> uh, he hadn't seen it. He was just I when I told him, I told him how long it was, which I rounded it down yeah, to just did. an hour. He's just like, tell me. I think his comment was, "Well, what'd they do for the other fifty-five minutes?" Yeah, that big Greg. And bone I think rant. I said, I, th- "I think I said you made a bunch of mom jokes at Greg Bones' expense." Yeah, so. I had a, I had a really good one there. That involved. I think being, I had a pretty good summary of the episode. Being buzzed and with a big Woody. Uh, but you can, I think we're recording again. The next one is going to be a this or that. Oh, oh on, yeah. on uh, straight down the middle. That's right. Pinball straight show. Down the middle. No, I have a link to that even in my, sh- in Thank my uh, descriptor. That. That's right. I appreciate I'm sure that. Send you those 13 people over. Get Hot you up thing. to, get you up to 12,000 uh, subscribers. Hey, i you know what? Watch people got money. Pinball people got money. And I found out this last week of watching Joel's stream that magic, the gathering people have money. Oh, do they? Ooh, might dabble in there. You can check us also out at Flipping Out Pinball, dealer of choice for many. Thank you guys for the support. But not all. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if you had revealed tailgates, you yeah, could have more I pinball know. too. Shit. <laughs> call George Gomez up. What's it going to take for you to come to Southern Indiana? I'll just have my barn that no one's allowed to go in. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Oh, you know, if, if you ever can at some point, that would be a great story for the podcast. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait. Oh, I did the side note. I'll edit all this out, but. Oh, my God. Wow. This, But this is going to be a great story. So just What a great story that. that's going to be. Wow. It is. I've got so many good stories. Oh, I can't wait to write a, write a uh, what's it called? I'm having a. Memoir. Yeah, a Bruceism right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. A Ventnor Avenue. Uh, yeah. Bar. <laughs> uh, my lowly ventnor <laughs> yeah so i cannot wait to tell some of the stories and pinball that i've experienced that's oh, a fascinating you- one so that one that one deserves to be sold once once it can be safely told <sighs>
without sons, fear. Sons of bitches out there. Product showcase for flipping out pinball this week is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Pro and Premium. The last run, we do still have pre-order spots available. Bye, bye, bye! So jump on that because when they go on, they go on. I think that one's going to, we'll see a, a early 2023, we'll see a, a rise in people wanting that one as well. I think mainly because of Insider Connected. Mm. Dwight's Dwight's getting cute with Insider Connected, and uh, he's already done some things for Turtles Code that other Insider Connected games just haven't seen yet. So uh, I think we're going to get a boost there. Also, you mean like being able to have a leaderboard and have uh, you play a four-player game <laughs> or co-op four-player and get the high score? Well, so once <laughs> I that, guess that was Mando. Yeah, once you know, but I'm talking about like the the achievements that you can gain and keep throughout play that's really cool mm. uh, throughout the throughout the different turtles also a reminder to go check out that flipping out vault as a disclaimer we get it it is not for everyone it truly isn't but probably for the majority it is not for you but it is for those people that want awesome ass shit that you just cannot find elsewhere we had a batman 66 jacket that they never even released to the public to buy that was That's right. There. We're also, as a reminder, this is a consignment type shop as well. Like that Batman jacket was a consignment piece. So individuals, we do really low rates on consignment. We've got a way to expose these products to the world. And it offers an anonymous way for pinball creators to send some stuff to sell that they just can't sell themselves or would look bad if they sold. You know how many coders and animators and designers have cool shit that they've accrued over the years, Dennis, but... Some of it, frankly, there's like, I just don't give a shit about that, but it's not like I can sell it. I'll get in trouble. Well, <laughs> that's what the flipping out is for. <laughs> so that's what flipping out's for, is for you guys to bypass your corporate rules. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. I'll keep it quiet. I'll keep it a secret. I'll keep it safe. <laughs> keep it secret and safe. <laughs> yes, deuce it. So that's why we're going to get cool stuff. So if you want to sell something, contact us at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at flip the letter N out, pinball.com, or you can text me at 812-457-9711. Other games that we have available, we still have one Avengers Pro, new in the box, ready to go. We have a Mandalorian Pro and Premium, Rush Pro and Premium, uh, Turtles Pro pre-owned. I've got that at like a, I should have done that deals of the week. Jeez, it's like $6,000. Bye, bye, bye. Guns and Roses Ellie, new and used. I have all the accessories for that. We've got a lot more accessories rolling in, such as the Insider Connected Kits. We do have a Cactus Canyon Remake SE in stock ready to ship. Bye, bye, bye. As well as still taking Alien pre-orders, Queen pre-orders. We have an Elvira 40th Anniversary. I've got my Deadpool LE up there that i got to say, eh, push come to shove if I had to get rid of something right now. Out of my stern lineup, it may not be Deadpool. Damn. Corvette pre-owned. Don't know how that's still there. Finally got rid of the Pinball 2000 combo. Had to give that damn thing away. I've got all kinds of shooter rods, armor, toppers, banners. I still have an elite Pinball IJ topper that's in the vault. I need to add something to the vault. Something new at Flipping Out Pinball we just got in stock is the arcade collection from Incredible Technology. Same creators as Golden Tee. It's really cool. It's a three-in-one game, so it looks just like the Golden Tee, but it has uh, cornhole on it, or bags, they probably call them in Kansas City. Uh, cornhole, you know cornhole, right? Yeah, yeah, no, that's what it's called. Also here. have bowling and putt putt. Bye, bye, bye. What a cool game! Uh, we also have from Elite Pinball Toppers. Oh, something else might have made its way into the vault. That's the Kraken. <laughs> you know what the Kraken sounds like? If I just go splish splash. Pirates of the Caribbean Kraken Limited Edition Elite Topper. What else do we have in the vault? Godzilla LE Beatles Topper R two D two Topper. Oh, UV set. 
for Stranger Things Pro. I got a Stranger Things Pro in there. What should I add next, Dennis? TPN last week was Free Play Pinball Podcast, Episode 17, as well as the Aussie Pinball Podcast, Episode 8, with Anthony Cirillo, Cirillo from West Australia. And if you guys want to watch some competitive pinball, District 82 blew it up this week in a flurry of tournaments this past week, live on Fox City's Pinball. Like six tournaments or something. They're killing it. TPN this week. I don't know what's coming out this week. Do we get a Silver Ball Chronicles anytime soon? I feel like it's you know, due. It feels like it's about time, but I haven't seen Dave teasing it, so yeah. it might not be ready this week. Uh, I wonder what the topic's going to be. Probably history. Hopefully they do a future episode once. <laughs> yeah. Let's predict the future. I think that's it. I'm tired of talking. I'm sure you're tired of listening. For Dennis Creasel, I'm Zach Minnie. As I leave you all folks today, ask yourselves this. If you had one shot or one opportunity to seize everything you wanted, you ever wanted, mm. in one moment, would you capture it oh. or just let it slip? Don't you infect this, my, my words of wisdom, <laughs> with your boom, boom, boom. And always practice safe pinball. And I'm beginning to feel like a pin god. As a rap god, it's a deeper cut for you. Probably won't know it, but I'll hit the I music don't, after. And no one it. else does either. No, though, I'll hit the music we after. Put that back it. in the vault where it belongs. Uh-oh. I'm beginning to feel like a rap god, rap god. All my people from the front to the back, nah, back, nah. Now, who thinks that arms are long enough to slap box, slap box? They said I rap like a robot, so call me rap box. But for me to rap like a computer, must be in my jeans. I got a laptop in my back pocket, my pinnacle. I'm watching that. Uh, what show are you watching right now? Well, the Amazon Prime had the Hobbit movies back, so I went to rewatch them to see if I still think they're overly bloated, and I do. They're bloaty. They're very bloaty. They're bloaty. They're still good. And the the cartoon combat in it, I forgot how annoying that was to me. Like, the whole Goblin Kingdom stuff was just like, all these dwarves should be very dead. Like, they've fallen (laughs) a lot. They fall a lot. And the one... Where they're in the barrels, yeah, and one guy becomes two, two a barrel sequences. warrior, and he's just like, he's just like, I'm now a spinning killer barrel. And I'm like, warrior. I think you'd be dead, like, very it's dead. Very cartoony. That's a good point. Yeah. And and so yeah, there's like all that. Legolas walking on water, skiing or whatever. And, and Legolas is all like, I'm 80, but I'm in this acting like I'm younger. And he's just, oh, it's like that. And the part, yeah, where the tower's falling away and he's jumping from block to block yeah. to block like he's Q-Bird or something. <laughs> uh, you know, I was just like, God, JJP picked the wrong set of movies. Oh, just the wrong set. Shmaug was fun. Lyrics coming at you with supersonic speed.